Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. which is the Jewish holiday of repentance, where we essentially take an inventory of harms we've caused and um, participate in rituals to uh, repair, uh, to apologize, and then often cast them out into the ocean. There's like a really beautiful ritual of like, you can write them on stones or just kind of put the intention into the stone and throw them into the ocean so that you can leave them behind. And um, part of part of the ritual is it's very important and it's like written in the Torah that you, um, you name them. You have to like say them out loud. Um, and then you get to move on. So uh, that was this weekend. Um, can you, as, yeah. a, as a shiksa, can you explain yes. to me the Yom Kippur Rosh Hashanah? What, they're related, yeah. yes? Yeah, so this was, it was weird for me because this was the first high holiday season that I realized that <laughs> Yom Kippur comes after Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is our new year. Mm. so like it becomes the new year and then you do your repentance and I was kind of like right because the secular thing right right, you you do the you do the like resolutions and then you have new year right right, I guess right like if you're supposed to leave them behind like why would Mm. you then bring the holiday into the new year like Mm. I don't know I did just occurred to me for the first time this year and I was kind of like this is weird like why do we do it this way I'm I would imagine it has something to do with like the lunar cycles or like the harvest or something i wonder if that's why it's always been confusing to me which is which yeah because the um i noticed this year for the first time also that yom kippur it either was on the equinox or the day after the equinox and Mm. i thought oh that must be significant like the, Mm. the, the date is you know falls on like the turning of the season because the years are lunar right that's why y'all have more I thought so yeah. yeah I think they're lunar calendar based <laughs> like I don't want to tell you what no, y'all no, do but, you know it's one of those weird things where like you asked me about the lore and I was like I don't know like people were mentioning Jonah but like I don't actually know what story is like linked to Yom Kippur this time of year mm-hmm. and this is like one of those things that I think people who convert end up with like a better understanding and awareness of because they're like enthralled in it whereas like I just kind of have no idea this is like yeah it's like the difference between Christians and Catholics like Christians like know the Bible and like know a lot more of the they can quote the Bible and Catholics are just like we just have a lot of I, I refer to Catholicism as like glam Christianity like it's very much about like it's ornate and it's sort of you know mm. very like campy and colorful there's a lot of regalia but it's less about the book okay i don't know i, we, I didn't know that yes have you ever been to a mass yes i went okay. to i think midnight mass one time on for christmas yes yeah was it drama was this in la no it was in new york okay with well, my I... friend whose family is like irish catholic oh yeah well i think it's very I don't know exactly the word, but it's, it's, it's high drama. Like it's, there's, you know, the costumes are very elaborate. Mm. It's, it's more is more. It's very glamorous as opposed to like my dad, who's Episcopalian, which is very like drab. We don't do like color. It's very sort of the opposite, you know, cause they're Puritans. So it's very like, not about the material world. Is that, but that's different from Lutheran. So 
yeah so lutherans episcopalians all that is because of the um martin luther who basically like opposed catholicism because the whole tenet of catholicism is like you reach god through speaking to a priest and then like all of the newer christianity is you have a personal relationship with god you like learn to read and can read the bible well i know that i know that martin luther like didn't like that um or like what was happening was that catholics catholic churches were like making a lot of money from absolutions Mm -hmm. and then they were you know, and then you could see that there was a lot of money because everything was very ornate and really beautiful and all this stuff. And yeah, something people don't know, and I, I can't argue this point, but I've heard from um, Christian scholars that part of the reason we don't have marriage in Catholicism is because if a priest was to marry a woman, in theory, and he dies, then the property goes to her as opposed to uh, staying within the, the church. church. So it's actually not about, you know, uh, being chased it's actually more about property because unfortunately the catholic church is kind of all about that okay yeah when you say no marriage you said no marriage in catholicism you mean for the priests for priests yes and nuns (laughs) yes people who have taken the you know they've they're married to christ yeah they don't right right they don't have earthly as opposed to like episcopalians can have earthly marriage yeah i see yeah and we have obviously our own traditions around repentance as well like you do in order to do your so there's being christened right when you're born even though they got rid of original sin we still do the um the ceremony of washing the original sin away right the the sin of being human of leaving the garden of eden so that's what the sprinkle as we call it um and then you have first communion which is when you get to take the body and blood of christ you drink the wine you eat the bread but in order to do that you have to do your first confession which is also a sacrament and the confession is where you go to the priest either in a private corridor or just like these confessional booths Mm -hmm. and you say everything you've done that was a sin and then you're given like a prescriptive uh prayer to do like you know 10 our fathers and 13 hail marys then you go out and you do them and then you've you've been absolved Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. well so i think what i wanted to talk about today was in in the like in terms of consent and repair um, and harm, like the significance of repentance, mm-hmm. what it does. Um, and then we also have both been keeping our own lists of murderable offenses, AKA deadly sins. The deadly sins. Yeah. Um, should we start with that or should oh, we? Oh God, sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, I want to be clear. I am not talking about the death penalty. I don't believe in the death penalty. I'm just talking about vigilante murder. <laughs> about like, like combat. You're talking about like somebody coming over and like ending you because you've yes. done something so fucked up. We're not talking. We're, we're this is uh. It's still you're arguing that this is still abolitionist. Is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, right. Because right. outside because of this. right not involved exactly yeah yeah um and and disclaimer i do not condone murder okay this is um all in good fun um okay (laughs) but also if you murdered people for these reasons i would totally stand by (laughs) okay i'll do one and then you do one sure sure all right so um people who take phone calls in the movie theater who does that what the fuck 
like they answer the call in the theater and they talk yes. to the you're kidding me yeah. in la ever witnessed this in la yes the, you have to understand if, if our listeners are not from los angeles like there's a lot of etiquette around theater going that's very particular to Los Angeles. I feel like like we stay for the below the line, we clap, like there's all this stuff they don't mm. do outside LA. So the idea that somebody would take a phone call is like socio, so sociopath, sociopathy. sociopathic. Like, yes, I'm like, what, what? I know, I've seen it happen. I mean, I also think texting in the movie is, I wouldn't say it's murderable, but it's punchable. I You can punch someone in the face if they text during the movie. I have started to see people take selfies during movies. I saw someone on TikTok at, in Temple on Yom Kippur. They were making a TikTok or they were No, he was at just like looking at TikTok. This was like an old man in a kippah and, a, and like a talit. Is the, are those, that's like the robe and the, the yeah. head thing? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I could understand if it was like a 12 year old, you know, you see totally. all the kids at mass with the iPad. Yeah. Well, like go outside into the lobby and like sure. do what you gotta do but this dude was just like on anyway okay what's yours oh um my main one and i know how toxic this is i'm a terrible person if somebody doesn't hold the door let me be clear if an able-bodied white cis man yes. <laughs> doesn't hold the door for me in a public setting I have definitely yelled at him once or twice in my life. And this uh, extends to like, I've had situations where one of my younger brothers, I won't say which, didn't hold the door for a woman with a stroller who was wearing um, a hijab. Mm -hmm. And I lost my shit on him. Um, I really, yeah, that for me is like, you have to, it, everybody should hold the door for everybody, but like- in. But in particular, there's some like weird gender politics stuff I have around this that like I it makes me incredulous. And I yelled at a man during our bustle for not holding the door for me. I lost my shit in front of a resort on him. Yeah. Murder. I'm, I'm, murder. <laughs> I'm justifiable. Um people who FaceTime or use or speak on speakerphone in public without headphones. Are you a Kardashian? Where is the camera that that's following is, you? I, it, that one makes my blood boil. That is one to me where, or, or, you know, similarly, I don't think this has to be a separate one. Like people on the subway in New York who play games with the sound on. Like you are not the only person here. I'm silent because I'm, I'm re remembering how re I fly a lot. And when mm -hmm. I'm on the plane, sometimes people before we're taxiing or whatever will watch something like a YouTube, like I don't know, a video, yep. whatever, with the, and I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like that to me, yeah. I want to like slap them on the back of the head like they're a child. Like, what are you yeah. doing? I don't know. I used to daydream about like this is how this is how my mind works. I was like, I'm gonna order a bunch of headphones in bulk and I'm just gonna hand them out to people. And I don't even mean that to be like passive aggressive, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like use these headphones, but just like, please use these headphones because I don't want to listen to your phone conversation. I had to do that once when I was sharing space with this girl, we were sharing um, a room together and she was watching a movie and I was going to sleep and I just got up and got my earbuds and handed yeah. them to her and went yeah. back to sleep. And it wasn't, I wasn't meant to, I, the next day I was like, I hope that wasn't passive aggressive. She was like, no, I, you just, I wasn't yeah. like, can you turn that down? Like, I just, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Someone recently also said to me like, um, but how is it different from like, if you were just listening to two people have a conversation near you and there, there have been studies done on this, that like the sound quality that comes out of speakers, like electronic sound is way harder to block out mm. than to tune out than like just two people having a conversation. Yeah, I so, can be in a coffee shop and people can be talking and it's sort of Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. But if you're doing like a Zoom meeting on your phone or your computer in public without headphones, like murder. No, I want to like, I want to like yeah. fingernail my own skin off. I yeah, know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, that one really pisses me off. Oy. Um, This one, I, this is, I mean, there's a larger thing here, but like, so I'm in school and I'm studying psychology. And a lot of times I've noticed in classes like sociology or psychology, there's, we talk a lot about, um, you know, trauma or like sociological problem, whatever. And people will use their own life as examples, which is, which is fine if it's like abbreviated and, and sort of short, but a lot of times people will just sort of use the space therapeutically Mm-hmm. just sort of share about like really intense capital T trauma in this way that's not about giving to the class and is more about them just like dumping and yeah and I being like help on this one particular thing and I know that's very privileged of me because I have a therapist but I'm just like bro like you can't you can't just tell us about like these really incredible, awful things, like in the middle of an academic setting, like we're all yeah. trying to learn here. No, people have done this in my, in my classes. And I'm always kind of like, I don't know what to do right now. Like, is it because, because, you know, people will preface it with like, can I tell something about like that happened to me? And, you know, sometimes it's like totally fine. And, mm-hmm. and then other times it's like, oh my God, now we like have to sit here and process this with you because it's just, I mean, you just said it's like privilege of you because you have a therapist, but I think it takes a whole lot of privilege or lack of awareness of privilege to take up that kind of space in a group. Yeah. And it's like, okay, obviously you need support and help, but now the whole class now has we to all pivot. Have to do that right. For you. Right. Right. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's, I hate it. So, and also, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I want to just get through the material. Right. Right. Now we all have to like avert focus or like, right move our focus over to you right yeah okay um people who deliberately remove their catalytic converter so that their cars are loud we were having coffee last weekend and someone drove by who had deliberately removed their catalytic converter so that their car makes that like was this sound the, that like it was that like, butterscotchy yeah, like, bmw eight, exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like it's not even a fast car yeah i was like this is not you know a, a Maserati or a McLaren like I'm just like right. I get it but I, yeah you know it's interesting because when I don't think I shared this then but I dated this guy who he told me he had a very loud motorcycle which um I loved being on the back of because I'm that kind of dyke and uh <laughs> this, this is a trans guy just to be clear um and he said he he had a very loud motorcycle and his therapist and he had had like multiple discussions about how his relationship to how loud the bike was and that it was disruptive was like related to his inability to take up space in his family and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, shut up. Oh my God. I love you so much. I knew you were going to shit on this. I'm like, yeah. Or you could just like learn to self-advocate. Yes. Speak your truth. And like, like, you know, 
Now These you are have not- to punch everyone else in the ears wherever you go. Like there's like somebody has a baby asleep in the Toyota Camry next to you and you just woke it up, you fuck. Like, yeah. These are people, it's, it's not fair. It reminds me of that reel that you sent me that was like, the reason why I'm so problematic is because I had a mildly bad childhood or something <laughs> like that. Like, the reason I act this way is because my mom took my toy away from me when I was one time, one time. I was, yeah, one time. Um, do you have another one? Oh, um, I thought I did, but now I can't remember what it was. I think it's gone. Okay. Um, people who don't use their turn signal. That's one that just really, I'm like, just communicate. Like (laughs) you are, you cannot say that you're a good communicator if you do not use your turn signal. Like when it, like I live near an intersection that I have to go through almost every day where there's no turning lane and not turning lane, but you can pull around someone if they're turning left. And some, for some reason in the area where I live, a lot of people don't use their turn signal. Like, obviously that's pervasive, but for some reason, like in Glendale, it's just like over the top and people just sit there and like not use their turn signal. And so you don't know whether or not to, you know, at least for a moment, you don't know whether to go around or not. And then sometimes you're like too close to them to go around, but had you have your turn signal on. Anyway, whatever. That yeah. really drives me nuts. No, I feel like that's just something that I'm just like, maybe it's LA. I'm just like, yeah, they just do not use turn signals here. It's like not, it's optional. I, I used to joke that the white Mercedes, the turn signals were an extra $100,000 because it mm. seems to be like specific to the Mercedes driver that the turn signals right. are just not used. It's extra. Yeah. You get it with the like- The, the premium package. Seats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Otherwise it just doesn't come with. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I just think it's rude. I think it's mm-hmm. rude. It's like, it, the, these are all sort of under the guy, the- umbrella of just being like not aware of other people and inconsiderate yeah, and selfish that's true. you're right you know I think there's also a theme here which is like if if everyone were to act the way that you are acting like we would all be like like if I also play TikToks out loud on the plane, you immediately would be like, I mean, I can't, I actually don't know because there's something clearly murderably wrong with you. <laughs> but so maybe it wouldn't occur to you. But like, if you are acting in such a way that if everyone were acting the same way, it would be a nightmare. Like, don't act that way. That's just maybe my upbringing. But it's this you know, bit. George Costanza saying, you know, we are living in a society. Like we are a little bit interdependent. We are living in a society. society. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, there's these sort of like ways that we take care of each other. Yes. And when people don't do that, it, I think maybe part of the reason it's so like rage inciting is it's like, well, I'm fucking doing it. You have to pick up your end of the bargain too. Like I'm holding the door for these motherfuckers. You're not going to hold the door for me. Share the load, so to speak. (laughs) Which by the way, I think Mm -hmm. we do need to just talk about share the load briefly, which is that I was wearing your hat, Mm -hmm. share the load, when I went and met my friend for lunch. And not realizing. I didn't know the double entendre, Mia, but my friend. Uh I think most people don't know the double entendre. So my friend is a, a gay male erotic performer also known as a porn star and he kept (laughs) looking at my hat 
And I was like, why is this boy? Is he trying to read it? Is the writing not? And then I was like, oh, because it's like a please it's share a your sex joke. Yeah. Please share your ejaculate with me. Please share right. your well, load. Yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it mostly refers to in a threesome, mm. um, like sharing the eating of the cum. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm all set on that, but but grateful for the knowledge. Yeah. Not um, on my list. Of so interests. if you've been listening to Share the Load and this is the first that you're becoming aware. Um, you yeah, might be that's... a lesbian, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, something else that I'm noticing just like from my, like through a consent lens here with like my list of murderable offenses is that it's like consent in a lot of ways beyond permission. So it's like managing expectations. Like I'm telling you, I'm going to turn. So do what you need to do accordingly. I'm going to manage your expectations or I'm going to like reduce surprises for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, like, I don't know the thing with like having your stuff out loud. It's like, I really didn't agree to that. I did not agree to that. Nobody agreed to that. Right. And we're in a lot of these two are like public spaces or like shared spaces, like a classroom or a public doorway like I yeah I mm-hmm. yeah just how do we take care of each other in like a more general way and the turn signal thing true it's like you're so lazy you can't just go like this so that I don't crash my car into you or so that I can continue with where I'm trying to get to and adjust to what you're do you have to do like we both have to be on the road. I don't know. It's also amazing to me because I'm like, have you never wished that someone else would use their turn signal? And like that, it, it doesn't occur to you that like, oh, then I should also. This also speaks to my larger philosophy of the fact that like, this is such a deviation, but people don't get any pleasure from driving because they're doing it wrong. I find driving to be incredibly pleasurable, but you have to be right. engaged with the activity. Yes. If you're just zoning out, and passively moving a computer along a road, it's not yeah. pleasurable, you know? Well, that's, I think, why a lot of people, myself included, so prefer to drive a manual car, mm. which was, like, a big reason, one of the reasons, sort of, why I put off, I mean, I couldn't afford an electric car, or I thought I couldn't afford it. It turns out you could, there are very cheap electric cars, and, you know, really good financing options, but I kind of, like, put off getting an electric car because I enjoyed having a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exactly that it's like people feel much more engaged with the process of driving and so mm-hmm. it becomes more enjoyable because you're not just passively yeah you know doing it mindlessly mm-hmm. okay well that's all for murderable offenses <laughs> my version I is i will actually scream at you like i have yeah i have fully pulled my car over gotten out of the car and screamed at a woman in traffic because i'm oh a little Irish, little Bostonian. And I have definitely yelled at a few people in public for not holding the door or not offering their seat. This is the other one, offering your seat to an older or pregnant woman on public transportation. I will, if nobody does it, I will do it. And I'll make a big fucking scene about it because I'm just terribly obnoxious. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on the subway that makes me want to murder people. Subway is a, it's a real, yeah, it's, you know, uh, what is somebody said to me once, um, like the DMV is like the great humanizer. 
It's like, yeah. we all have to go to the DMV. We all, like, we don't all have to be on the subway, but it's like, you're there with everyone. Like, here you yeah. are. Welcome to the human experience. I also think getting dumped is a little like that too. It's like, doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. You're going to get dumped and damn, that's the human experience. Yeah. Here we are. I mean, not everyone does get dumped. There's a select, you know, small number of people who like married their middle school sweetheart or whatever. That's. But I, they're suffering in other ways. In other ways. Ah! I was like, that's a different sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're trying to keep this episode shorter than the mm-hmm. last episode. Um, so. Maybe we can spend the last, let's like try to take maybe 10 minutes. Sure. And we can talk about, I mean, I, you know, for since last year, I guess I've been thinking about like last Yom Kippur also got mm. me thinking and kind of writing about the significance of repentance in terms of like giving us cycles of harm and repair um, and healing and forgiveness. And one of the things that a friend, my friend Aphomia just brought up um she and I co-hosted consent chasers um and we're teaching the authenticity and social media class together at the beginning of November um Afomi and I ended up on the phone for like three hours over the weekend that's something that happens to us every so often Mm -hmm. and she brought up so I was talking to her about this a little bit and she brought up something that she had been learning about which was kind of the difference between forgiveness and mercy Mm. um And she was talking about how, like, a lot of people end up forgiving, but without mercy, which I thought was really interesting. So, like, what's the difference? Like, if you had to define the difference. Well, like, I, I mean, what, what came to mind for me was, like, the involvement of, or not involvement of punishment. Mm. So, like, you could say, like, I'll forgive you if blah 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 you know mm-hmm. if you go to jail if you do this if you do that um whereas like showing someone mercy you know I think about the people who like let like don't want the person who like killed their kid in a car accident to go to jail mm-hmm. like that's an immense amount of mercy mm-hmm. and I feel like that requires a a a kind of forgiveness that's like based in understanding common humanity. Yeah. It's almost like mercy has more to do with like, uh, being like, we are all human. We are all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all cause harm. Whereas forgiveness is more about like, you did this and I'm going to forgive you. It's like very like on the one person. It's like, there's sort of a power differential there. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I really liked that take. Um, but I'll just share so that then I can be done with it and you can <laughs> respond or whatever is um, I'll just share like what has come up for me around this idea of repentance. I feel like there's, you know, I, I think I've talked about this. I've at least talked about it on share the load. If we, if we didn't touch about it, touch it on it last week. Um, but this, this way that like in, in learning about consent, there's often this like period for a lot of people and then for a lot of people, it just kind of continues. And it's sort of this like misuse of consent, in my opinion, mm. where there's like, you learn about consent and all the ways that you have been wronged come kind of flooding over you. And then consent becomes this tool to like point at people and go, 
well, you hurt me in this way, therefore, like, fuck you, or I don't want you in my life anymore, or you should be punished. And what ends up happening is that as a result, they bypass, like, the work of setting boundaries, or they bypass their own healing, you know, they can avoid healing, they can avoid the, the really challenging work of getting support and moving on because they can just kind of dwell in this space of like, well, you're the one who fucked up. Like, why do mm. I have to do anything about this? Um, but this practice, but it's very often when someone is like stuck there, they're not doing what I so often ask my own students to do, which is like reflect on the ways that you have not given other people all the space you could have to say no or express their boundaries to you or tell you, give you feedback and things like that. Um, and I think there's something really powerful in the process of, of a ritual around repentance that gives us the cycle that, and, and, and that cycle gives us something of like an inhale and an exhale. So instead of like, <laughs> It's just like endless build of like, well, and I fucked up in this way 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 and I'm a terrible person. Like, oh my God, look at all the ways I fucked up. It's like, we get to, you know, the Jenga thing, it falls down. We get to start over. We get to look at it, say it out loud, attempt to make repair and then, and then move on. Yeah, it makes me think about uh, in 12-step, you know, mm -hmm. people who aren't even in 12-step are pretty familiar with like the ninth step is the amends process and that it's often regarded as sort of like a one-time event. You get sober, you do your steps, right. you get to step nine. That might take, you know, back in the old days, it took like a day. And now sometimes it takes people like a year and a half to get to step nine. Whatever it takes is what it takes. Um, but it becomes like yeah, it's like this very intense, weighty thing, as opposed to, you know, a lot of people would argue, like, you do the steps over and over again throughout your life, yeah. ideally, and you deepen your relationship to sobriety and to your higher power. And I really like what you're talking about in Judaism, this idea that it's like, it's because to me, if you're doing it every year, they're sort of mm -hmm. understood in the culture that it's like, to be human is to yes. err, to be human is to cause harm, to be human is to do things you have to repent or ask forgiveness for or seek change for whatever by being like it's this yearly thing you know right. yeah my rabbi has been saying like we're all good people who make mistakes mm -hmm. I think there's like another thing that came up in this little group this discussion group that was like me and my friend Augie and my mom and I have permission from them to talk about this um we were meeting together on Zoom and participating in this um, process that my rabbi was leading us through if you chose to participate um, in the like inventory and amend and repair and it's called tshuva. And then, um, and so, so we were meeting together and talking about this and like something that came up between us was like the idea of that it's harm it's intentional or unintentional harm, you know? And I think there's a lot of, uh, like, there was some resistance, I think, in the group around, like, apologizing for things that, that you didn't mean to do. And I think there, you know, at my Augie, I love him so much. He was like, Mia, it's not surprising to me that, like, this is 
so familiar to you and something that you're in the habit of because you literally teach this stuff. But like the unintentional, I mean, most harm caused, I don't think is intentional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think most of the harm that I cause is an accident or born out of like my own insecurity or self-involvement in that moment or shame or, you know, whatever it is that's preventing me from being present um, or a need to prove something to someone and it hurts them. And I, you know, I think about it, like there's, there's things as innocuous as like you stepped on a bug when you walked on the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. like, and you didn't even know, Mm -hmm. you know, or like I trip over my sweet baby cats and I accidentally step on her foot when I'm trying Mm -hmm. to feed her and she yelps and like, it's an accident. And I still feel very sorry for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's things that are bigger, of course, like, you know, misgendering someone or like saying something really rude or offensive or being impatient or you know talking to like being not so nice to the customer service person or things like that um and sometimes so, we yeah we can like get we cause harm even when we're self-advocating like again yeah. coming back to like relationships like I've had to end relationships with people who were like really lovely human beings but you know for whatever reason like their stuff and my stuff was colliding in a way sure. that was like not good for us or not good for me let me speak for my part and I knew that by ending that relationship it really hurt them and I still yeah. had and so it was conscious but I'm like I have to do this for me right you know the intention know. was not to hurt them no even though I yeah. knew it was happening right but of I course. still had to do it yeah right so that's all to say like you know you can apologize for things that you didn't mean to do um I don't know. There were some other complications in there that maybe we'll talk about later, but I, I do think that there's something, you know, I, I see online so often, especially like in cancellation campaigns Mm. and stuff, a lot of like, um, you know, monkeys hurling shit at people as though you've never done anything wrong in your life. Mm. And And I can say, please continue. No, go ahead, please. I was just going to say like, in doing this work, something I've often noticed is that, uh, I don't want to say this is always true, but often the people who have the most like strident sort of torch bearing picket fork carrying whatever agenda in a cancellation are often people who like have caused similar harm or they share identities with the person who's caused harm. So it's an act of differentiation. Like it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, there was a really fantastic example of that in that documentary, um, This Place Rules, about the January 6th um, riots Mm. on Capitol Hill, uh, where one of the guys who's like one of the leaders of the, you know, Hillary Clinton Democrats, uh, like pedophile ring, uh, like online misinformation campaign, Mm -hmm. he was, I believe in prison for a pedophile charge for like a child sex abuse charge yeah i mean it speaks to this uh ashton kutcher and mila kunis thing defending what's his name while he's the head of a anti-trafficking ring it's like do you not see how this is that they're both issues of consent like it's just wild yeah i had an i have i had an ex who um like when he would pee in public he would like point you're like oh my god look at that you know just to like divert people's attention so no one mm. knows he was peeing mm-hmm. um it kind of feels like that 
No, it absolutely feels like that. That's yeah. 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 Right. Like look over there so that you don't notice what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is conscious or how much is just sort of like, we're just acting from the activation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't, I really do believe that most harm is not consciously caused because mm -hmm. I don't think that most people walk around trying to hurt people. Yeah, I agree. Most people don't. Yeah. I mean, there are instances like that, but that's mm -hmm. not most often the case. And so, you know, I wrote this piece about how most sexual assault is unintentional. Did I mention this last yes, time? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That got like promptly rejected from the LA Times. But because I think it's like break that here. People don't <laughs> people don't want to to because what happens to justice when it's an accident? When things aren't right and wrong, when they're yes. not black and white, when it's not intentional harm versus accident. It's like Right. And it goes back to that thing you said about somebody a ch like a child killing another child with their car by accident you know this happened right. in my little town somebody mm. was 16 killed um, a 13 year old schoolmate of mine because she had just learned to drive the windshield was dirty the sun was in her eyes and she was mm. going over the train tracks and mistook the tr the, the oh, of the train tracks God. didn't realize that she had run somebody over and oh. it was like a tr huge tragedy and totally like not intentional and no. and and also like totally damaging for her of course yeah and also partially because this person probably wasn't really ready to drive a car because they were 16 right. you know i i don't know it's no i know i think a lot about like the like this this could sound so incredibly selfish to to anybody um but i think we can talk about it like do it Mia it, get canceled well, well no it's like exactly what happened to that girl like how much it would ruin my life mm -hmm. to accidentally murder someone you know like I would be so I couldn't live with myself yeah I couldn't live with myself I mean it's like why people kill themselves when they accidentally have killed someone either right. in like a blackout state or you know whatever um like a friend of mine once hit a cat with his car he was devastated mm -hmm. he was devastated um and then I had another friend who like I was with when we found out that a neighbor's cat had gotten hit by a car and she was talking about how like that um you know like you must you have to have been going like so fast in order to kill a cat like that like you have to have been so not paying any attention and I was like no, it just no. it just happens. Like I have so much compassion for the person who now has to go. No, that happened. Day like knowing that they murdered someone's cat. It happened to my cat. Somebody in my my mom's little town in the country. Somebody hit it. And they pulled over and put it on the side of the road and had to call my mom and be like, yeah, no, it was a different neighbor. So... Was like, I saw your somebody had hit your cat and he's under this bush. Do you want me to put it anywhere for you? Because my mom was oh. like, oh, like I don't know, away for work for the day. Yeah, it's and again, it's like when we remove the state from this, then it becomes not about right and wrong. It becomes, is this person capable of reform? Is this person yes. capable of change? Can, can this girl learn to drive better? Can she perhaps maybe, you know, as part of her repentance or whatever, like educate teenage drivers or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, what, what do we actually want here? Because we keep seeing over and over again that revenge doesn't bring right. us the relief we want when we've been harmed. So what can we do instead? 
Yeah. You know? I think it was a FOMIA on the phone. Stop me if it was you. But I'm pretty sure she said, and I also asked her if I could talk about it. The stuff from our conversation on here, and she said yes. So, just for anyone listening who's concerned, um, she said, you know, if we just keep going with an eye for an eye, we'd all be blind. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's so important. Like, it doesn't help. You know, I just got. Well, I don't know if I want to go down this. Road. I want to just kind of stick with repentance. I think there's mm-hmm. something so important about that process. And I think that within like militant secularism, mm. when we when we no longer have rituals for this, mm-hmm. it's no wonder that we end up looking for these ways to punish and blame other people because we are not doing that self-reflection of looking at how we've hurt people and how we want to handle that like, how do you want this handled when you fuck up? Right. But knowing that, like, asking that because they're not looking at how they fucked up. So, right. Knowing this is like, no, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, no, like, knowing that this is, this is, you know, I have a friendship with a priest and he talks a lot about like heavenly love versus earthly love. And it's like, this, this is part of the earthly design is that like we sin or we mess up or we cause harm or whatever, however you want to frame it. But it's like in reflecting on our own, we're able to like, offer mercy or forgiveness whatever it is to other people because we're like oh yeah I do that too like I see you we're the same right yeah right yeah I I just I think it's really like I think a lot of you know I I think a lot about like this false binary of like religion and science Mm. and how I think atheism is kind of this like vestige of like the boomer era (laughs) And there's so many people in my life, in our generation, who are finding that ritual and spirituality and community through that is so important and valuable in our lives. And so we've come up with ways to do it outside of organized religion, like astrology and tarot and 12-step <laughs> yeah, um, and yoga and things like that. But there's, there's a, you know, like the there's a lot of science that shows that like people who believe in things larger than themselves, like live longer and are happier and wounds heal faster. Like there's like, you know, there's science behind this. So it's like the science says that religion is good for you. Or like the science says that spirituality is good for you. Whereas like, I think at one point it was like, science is going to replace the idea. Mm. Anyway, it was like, science is going to replace, we're not going to need this anymore because we're going to have the answers. And it's like, well, actually, this was offering us something so much bigger than, like, earthly answers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I dated this atheist briefly a long time ago. (laughs) And I remember talking to him, never again, but I remember talking to him about, I don't know, atheism. And he just kind of looked at me and he looked out the window and, like, gestured to the world. And he was like, this isn't enough for you. And I loved that. Like this idea, like this isn't enough for you. Like, look at what is here. You need to create an additional reality. Like, and I'm like, holy, they like blew my mind. And I find I have relationships with a few atheists now. And I'm like, they're some of the most spiritual people on the planet. I was like, (laughs) and you don't call that spirituality. Like, that is what this is. Like, I look at the like light flickering on the wood floor coming in through my window through the trees right now. And I'm like, that's fucking magic. Right. That is so beautiful. There's no way that that's an accident. Right. Right. And whether it's 
design evolution whatever who cares it's like i one of my colleagues who does what but i do evolution is magic yes that's the thing it's like magic he's a total atheist he's like i don't believe any of that crap like you know um but his but the but there's magic in what he does he helps people heal yeah. through relationship and through right. touch like yes it's scientific and there's something that's- in it that's a little like i don't know it's so funny. I feel like there's this way that like a lot of atheists like actually are deeply spiritual and like, <laughs> do believe very much in something and have a lot of rituals, but they're like embarrassed to call it anything. Yeah. It's, or like, they're just, like... maybe it's just that it's like what I call magic is what I really mean by magic is delight. You know, I'm just like, ugh, like that thing where you look at the light and you're like, oh my God, like, look at this light or like, oh, look at this person's transformation or wow, like look at somebody healing. And for them, they're like, it, it's the same thing, but they're able to have like, um, they need to know like the steps, like how did that happen? Why is that happening? And for me, I'm just like, no, I can just admire it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just don't, I just think they're calling it atheism and it's, you can call it whatever you want, but that's funny. I mean, I, I recently met, someone who like identify you said never again I just want to clear this up for anyone listening like we both will not date atheists like, <laughs> no no like hard no for both of us <laughs> um but I recently like I have that on my dating profile and someone was like I I should let you know I'm an atheist and I was like kind of explaining like what I mean by that they were like you know is that like a hard no for you like a deal breaker and I was like well you know here's how I experience this and here's what it is for me. And so like, I certainly don't want to be in a position where I'm like defending that to anybody or being like judged for that or that anyone is like, you know, thinks like a little pat on my head, like, well, that's cute. Um, and then this person was like, it basically turned out that they also believed in a lot of the stuff that I believed in. They just didn't believe in like, you know, an old guy in the sky. And I was like, me neither. But Mm -hmm. then I had this kind of moment where I was like, wait a second, are there a lot of people who like, say that they're atheists just because they don't believe in like Jesus. And I'm like, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. Like we're using the different, like different language. Yeah. You know, we're agree. We're disagreeing because of words. Vernacular. When, like, actually we agree. Um, yeah. It was really no, funny. I call myself a theist. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a theist. And they're like, a what? I'm like, as opposed to an atheist, I'm a theist. Yeah, like I believe, right. And then they're kind of like, I don't, what? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I could keep talking about this forever. I mean, like faith, mm-hmm. trust, belief, like all these things are things that definitely came up over this weekend. Um, but I feel like we should wrap up because sure. someone someone told us that our podcast was too long. That yeah. we were doing it wrong. Yeah, we were doing it wrong. Always just out here doing it wrong. Like I like okay, to well, do. Then, then I think we won. Hi. <laughs> all right. See you next time. Bye.